going on, everybody? Welcome to the second episode of Breakaway Banter. I'm Josh Ruckstall. And I'm Jeremy Rash. And together we are a hockey podcast for fans, by fans. And we're going to get hot and heavy today and we're going to get right into it. Jeremy, you got some things to say about the Rangers. Great week to be a Rangers fan. Always, always feels great to start the week after beating the Devils on a Saturday. And then just looking at Twitter, seeing all the anger and frustration of all the Rangers fans getting to go down to center ice and taking a picture while sitting on their logo, icing on the cake. It was an excellent week. And last week, I praised Jacob Truba, 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 and he strikes again. Couldn't be better. Couldn't be better. I I thought it was hilarious that the the photo of the Rangers fans at center ice became such a hot button. If like if you're not on hockey Twitter or hockey X, whatever you're gonna call it, I'll call it Twitter till the day I die. If you're not on hockey Twitter, you don't know what we're talking about at all. And Ranger fans got to go to center ice and take photos, a photo on Rangers like over their logo with all their jerseys on. And like I saw so many people commenting, I've been a see a lifelong season ticket holder for the New Jersey Devils, and I've never been invited to go onto the ice to take a picture. Whoever in PR did this deserves to be fired. Like they did like like bro, they took a picture as center ice. It's calm a bit your, of an overreaction from them. I calm mean, your tits. I- like, what are like how can you be that upset when your team got dusted five three? Yeah, against the Rangers on home ice. Because it's rent free, they got big time little brother syndrome. Um, they've got they're not ever going to be the best team in New York or the biggest team in the area. It's never going to happen. I mean, there, there's same thing positive things to come out. Like Jack Hughes did did come back, and obviously the injury wasn't nearly as bad as everyone thought. You're still without Esher. Your goaltending is still questionable at best. I mean. You can take a positive that you did score against one of the best goalies in the league, Igor Shosturkin, if you want to call that a victory. I mean, um, yeah, they wanted to claim they wanted to claim injuries on Heischer being out, but we're missing Adam Fox and Philip Heedle. So, I mean, Heedle's your what third line center? He was second line center before he got hurt <laughs> with Panarin laughing year. So, so can't can't uh, can't claim injuries on this one. Fair and square, and we even gave them a fake goal too. So I mean, really, it was a fake goal. Do you, do you want to dive into that? Like, yeah, that was that was awful. So like this, I guess, like based on the rule, continuation of play, it counts as a goal. But based on the rule, intent to blow the whistle, it wouldn't have counted as a rule. And they've called both. So like when when something like that happens, is it just up in the air? Do the refs just flip a coin and decide what happens? Because like, that's kind of crazy. Last season, as a Leaf fan, we got that as a benefit of the doubt of continuation of play twice, um, and yeah, I think I think it actually happened against the Rangers as well. Not the Rangers, the Devils when they when the Devils got their hot streak snapped last year to the Leafs, and they started throwing their pop cans and bottles on the ice at the refs after those. Um, classy, classy stories we're sharing today about the Devils. The sounds of it, so. Listen, I, I, I'm sure we'll catch a lot of flack from uh, from Devils fans for what the twelve of them. <laughs> wow, come on! Like, there's more of them. See, you hear that roar when Jimmy VC scored in their own barn? That's <laughs> embarrassing. Come on, it's basically a home game for the Rangers. Jeez. All right, moving on. Uh, 
the Leafs were in Sweden, which felt like the longest week of my life. Like uh, I went from Sunday till Friday at 11 a.m. my time to see a game, which what is it? It's the summer. Like you're going to Sweden. They're not going like they're not going for like around the world twice. Like I don't understand the long pause. I understand you got to give guys rest and stuff, but they went to Sweden. They won the first game against the Detroit Red Wings, which was huge because the Detroit is above them in the standings, which I mean, won't happen. Stay that way for long. I think that Detroit came out hot, but uh, they're starting to fall to where they should be. And uh, then on Sunday at 5 a.m. my time, I set an alarm and I was up and I watched the game. They defeated the Minnesota Wild in OT. And the biggest takeaway from this weekend is William Nylander and um, how awful of a negotiation the management is going to have going forward with William because, like, he's just making his ticket bigger and bigger. Like, it's going to be hard for us. I mean, you got to pay him. Like, as a Leaf fan, give him what he wants and we'll figure it out. Uh, Tavares has another year on his contract after this year so you struggle next year maybe not having the depth you'd want and then hopefully Tavares takes a sweetheart deal to stay at home be a Leaf forever he's made his money and uh, but Nylander just keeps punching his ticket higher and higher and the other thing to take away is John Klingberg in his home country was too injured to play in the, the Sweden Global Series games, which I think says a lot that he might be headed to Robida Island of the LTIR. And uh, I mean, I hate to see a guy's career end like this, but Buddy is unplayable. And Buddy is just, it's like he doesn't even, he doesn't even remember how to play hockey. Like it's not far removed from him being Norris caliber uh, defenseman. And well, he too, you know, like obviously it's it speaks to his injury, like going home to play for an NHL team in front of your like, you know, home crowd in Sweden. Like if you can if you're not in, you know what I mean, you're making that work, he's got to be pretty, pretty injured in order for it to be this way. Um and yeah, like you said, it's a shame, like if that's the way someone's career's gotta end, but you know, LTIR uh, get paid to you know. do it, get put on LTIR, get paid. And like hopefully it's not as bad as it sounds, but I don't, it doesn't look good. It doesn't seem good. Um, and it's like a double-edged sword. Don't want to see the guy's career go like this, but like as a Leaf fan, he's just unplayable. And it's better to put him on LTIR and be able to trade off to get a defenseman in than to have him have be worth nothing. And we have to pay a first just to get rid of him to bring in somebody that's worth playing. Um, which leads us to the Global Series Sweden. Looked like great turnouts for all the games. I mean, if you were able to watch the games. Because uh, Global Series is what it was called. But if you're in Canada and you wanted to watch the Ottawa Senators play, you could only live in the Ottawa region. And that's the only way you could see the game. It was blacked out everywhere. Unless you are paying for one of the subscription services, which has... Like, I pay through my service cable provider for uh nhl they call it center ice but it's not center ice i don't get the app anymore it's just on my tv on the extra channels it has like games it's like called game center or like ice center whatever it is and all the games are there so i don't have an app anymore i don't have anything i've lost all this stuff 
I can still watch the games, but most of Canada, if, unless you're paying for a huge service like I'm paying, you don't get to see the game, which is a shame. Because, like, originally blackouts are for, like, oh, I live in Ottawa. We want you to come buy a ticket to see the game. We're going to black it out in Ottawa. Nobody in Canada is buying a ticket. Nobody so in Ottawa, Canada is watching the Sweden game live because they're in Canada. Yeah, Ottawa is our regional team in New Brunswick. And I believe it's Ottawa and uh, some Montreal games and some Toronto games. Um, but, like, I am more than 10 hours away from all those places. <laughs> like, I'm not just going to drive and buy a ticket. You're closer to Boston. Way easier for me to go to Boston. It's actually arguably easier for me to go to New York um, to watch the Rangers play. Other than the prices at MSG, that's why all those Rangers fans crowd in the poor uh, Prudential Center. But, uh, you know, other than that, like, yeah, it's literally there are multiple American teams that are much closer to me um, that I would rather go and drive there to see than, <laughs> than to stay in Canada. And, like, as a fan, I, I'm obviously paying through my cable provider. I would pay an app. Like, let's say, like, an app came out, like Game Center used to be, where you had an app, you could w- go back and watch a game that played two days ago or three days ago. You didn't have to record it on your TV. It was there in the app. You had every team, every game. I would pay I would pay handsomely to have that, to be have access to every game. Like, if I can't watch a Leaf game live, I have to record it. But if I get halfway through, I can't start it till the game's done. With Game Center, you used to, like, if I got halfway through the game, it'd say, watch from start, and you could start from the start of the game. There's no happy medium, and I feel that hockey and the NHL product in general is suffering without having something where the fans can just tune into whatever game they want. Yeah, well, they always keep harping on grow the game. We've got to grow the game. Well, how about you let people watch the game? Because that, that'll help. Like, that's the biggest thing. That's the first thing you can do is make the game more accessible to view um, from for people all over. <laughs> so, and, like, in Canada, we do have, like, that two-horse race. It's TSN and Sportsnet. It's not even really a race. I prefer Sportsnet broadcast over TSN handedly. But you got those two guys, and neither one – like. So Sportsnet actually owns the rights to uh, to to broadcast any game. They they own the national rights to the NHL. Um, so technically, they could take the feed from TSN, use the TSN broadcast, just like they do with ESPN or N- N- Nessun when they show a Bruins game or whatever. They take the feed, they just put it on Sportsnet and whatever. But I don't think you'll ever see Sportsnet air a TSN feed just out of pettiness. Yeah, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what the answer is. Like, if there was an option for me to pay for all 82 Rangers games and only the Rangers and then whoever they're against, I would do that. Um, Just something simple. But, like, I can't get anything. You know what I mean? There's nothing along the lines there. And other than paying, which I do, like you, pay for the big, uh, probably sport. you play Sportsnet Plus? Uh, No, so I actually, through my cable provider, it's just every game. So it's like, it's like, it's like $60 for four months. And you get it for the year. You get every game for the year. So I could have went Sportsnet, but then you're you're still missing games on Sportsnet Plus. Mm-hmm. Like you don't get the TSN game. So if you want to have every game, you got to get Sportsnet Plus and and TSN whatever their broadcast packages. And then you're paying like 120 bucks a month for. Granted, you're getting basketball, football. You're getting everything, but I I'm only gonna watch hockey. Yeah, I don't want the other ones. I just want hockey. You know, I only, you know, there's only so much time in a day and in a year. So I pick my one sport. That's hockey. <laughs> that's what I'm watching. Um, 
So like, you know, I, I don't mind paying for the overall package, but even still with that, like, like you mentioned, I'm still facing blackouts and with my subscription that uh, they charge me annually for. So that's crazy. So we don't have a, we don't have a solution other than make an app, like look at MLS this year. They're, they're on uh, Apple TV. Like they, they've got it figured out. If they can, if, if the MLS can figure out how to make it a viewable product, give your head a shake NHL and make it a viewable product. Uh, so going forward, you had, you had a bit you wanted to talk about on, uh, the Canucks. Yeah. Geez. Three Canucks players leading the league in scoring. I believe it's JT Miller, Pedersen and Hughes, 28 points apiece, tops of the league, all three of them, just an unbelievable start for them. Obviously the three of them have been huge reason why they're having so much success early. Um, and I just think, I just, I, I put it in the notes to mention it because that's, I just saw the stat and it was incredible to me that the three of them have maintained such a high caliber play. And it's very rare. I think you see that uh, many people at the top of tied for first of an NHL scoring from the same team. Yeah. And like, it, go, it goes to show that like, it's all a team effort there. Like you look at, they're all the highest. You look at the top five assist getters in the NHL right now, Quinn Hughes is first at 21. Kale McCarr second at 20, tied with Pedersen. Then you got JT Miller at 17 and Philip Horonic, who's also a Vancouver Canuck. So out of the top five, four of them are Canucks. And then you go to goals. The, the one in the top five would be Besser with 13. But like, like you said, they're all up there with 28 points leading the league. And the only two people behind them, or not far behind them, is Nikita Kucherov, who's having just a dominant start to the year. He's just, this shot is deadly. And then the guy we just talked about, William Nylander, who um, deserves to get the bag and should get the bag here shortly. Well, speaking of Willie, I wanted to bring this up earlier, but I didn't want to cut you off here in your, your great flow about the Leafs in Sweden. Um, I was saying the tank top look on the Swedish talk show, that was worth 12 mil alone annually, he, in my opinion. He, he has to be one of the most <laughs> handsome men. Yeah, and he's obviously feeling that, and obviously loved being in, back in Sweden playing hockey. Well, I mean, he's—I think he was born in—we uh, was born in Canada, wasn't he? You know, he was born in state. Calgary when his dad Calgary, yeah. would played for Calgary, but, but then still. he got humbled on that same TV show when they brought Madison Beers uh, for a video call, and they're like, "Do you know who this is?" And she's like, "No," and they're like, "Oh, he's a hockey player," and she goes, "Oh, I don't watch hockey." <laughs> <laughs> man. <laughs> you could just see Willie just be like, hey, uh, like just instantly humbled. Like he had nothing to stand on because he's a hockey player with her, which was, it was, it was, I mean, I love seeing content like that. I wish we could get media attention like that in, in Canada. Like we're so rigid with like the type of media we put out, like having Willie tarps off on a talk show, like, I would subscribe to that for sure. That's the kind of that's the kind of content that grows the game. I'll tell you that for free. <laughs> and then um, also, while we're kind of on the Leafs, still there's uh, Patrick Kane is looking for a home, and uh, I don't think we're long to find out where he's going to go. There's been a lot of rumors. He's been training in Oakville, Ontario, linking him to Toronto, uh, linking him to back home in Buffalo, uh, linking him to Dallas, Florida. Now these are a lot of these teams are cap strapped teams. Uh, the other team that has said they showed interest is Chicago, and in a report that I was reading, that like if he was going to a contender like Toronto or uh, Dallas, he would take a one year one million dollar deal. If he's going to a Chicago, a Buffalo, uh, Florida, he's looking for the bag. He wants to get 
couple years, three to four mil a year, which like still for if, if Kane can show that he's the same Kane he was before he went off is worth three to four, at least the risk mm-hmm. of three to four. If you put him in back in Chicago with Taylor Hall, Kane and Bedard on a line, whoop, like the potential there is good. But like you also look at Toronto, like I would I don't think we need another scorer in Toronto. I think we need to fix up the defense. But can you imagine the lines? Like, leave the top line the same with Nyes, Matthew, Marner. And then you go second line, you go Kane, JT, Nylander. And then fourth line, you go Nick Robertson, Max Domi, Tyler Bertuzzi. Like, there's a bona fide top nine. Oh, yeah, big time. And see, that's the interesting thing because it's going to be fun. If he goes to a contender, it's going to be – you know, he could put that person over the top, depending on his level of play when he returns. But to me, one of the interesting things was to look at, say, him come back to be the hometown hero of Buffalo, um, a team that has been slow out of the gate. They've got, a, you know, Tage Thompson is injured. He'll be out for a little bit. If he could come in and kind of research, like kind of a resurgence for some of those guys, a team that was a bubble team last year. It could be interesting to see if they could make a push with Patty Kane to make the playoffs this year. It would, you know, they've had obviously a horrendous start to the season, but that is something, a storyline that definitely intrigues me quite a bit. I, I think Tage Thompson being hurt and being out for a couple months does hurt their chances of getting him this year. I do think he wants to retire a Buffalo Sabre. I just can't see him unless he gets the bag, like you said, and no contenders want to take him this year. Yeah, I could see that, but I think he wants to go to a contender first and then mm-hmm. go to one of those after. I think Tage being hurt and being out a couple months, like they're saying, does hurt the prospect of Buffalo being a contender or being in a playoff picture this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can agree with that. It'll be interesting to see what he ends up doing, but I would like to see him on the Sabres at some point to play with that young, booming team. Like, I really do think that they have like great future ahead of them. Uh, they've they're- got a lot of good pieces, so they're two years away from being nasty. Like they, they like it. I also think they need a couple more pieces. Like Jordan Greenway can't be your top right winger. <laughs> so yeah. I do think that there's a couple pieces missing. Kane would definitely be a piece that could help that. Um, but no, I think you were a couple, like you look at them now, like they may not be winning games, but they're still making the highlight reel for ridiculous like plays. So I think they're a couple a couple years away from being truly like scary level dominant, but aside from that, no, I think they're they're on the right path. Uh, you wanted to talk about the Kings, the LA Kings. Yeah, I just thought it was funny that Quebec City has kind of approached the Kings about playing two preseason games in Quebec City, um, and they're going to pay them seven million dollars to do so. And apparently, I don't know how true this is, but the Montreal Canadiens offered yeah. to do it for free. So <laughs> I'm I don't know. It, to me, it screams a massive like pitch to the NHL. Like we're gonna bring a team from the Western Conference to Quebec City and we'll sell out both of these preseason games, no problem. And it's not even gonna be just because it's the Montreal Canadiens. Like I think they're making a point that they will like for a future bid at an expansion team or you want to make a bigger point though, you invite the Arizona Coyotes. And you that sell that out. That's yeah. the biggest point you can make. You take a team that's they're exciting to watch. I'll give them that. They they're they're definitely and once again like Buffalo taking steps in the right direction. Do I think that they're on the timeline at Buffalo? Is no. I think I I honestly think they're still four to five, maybe six years away from. I could be wrong. I I but 
I think you want to take a team that's struggling financially, could use $7 million. You invite the Arizona Coyotes in, play the, play the Montreal Canadiens, where the Arizona Coyotes are the fan favorite in that you get a good rivalry game going and show the NHL that we're here to support this team, even though Montreal is only two and a half, three hours down the road. I was going to highlight too. I wonder if it has anything to do with Deneau or, you know, like other Canadian players that they have, like, um, like Byfield. There might be some more like, you know, interesting recent polls um, from the Devils or from the Kings perspective. But another thing too, if anyone can use $7 million, it's probably the Yotes. So <laughs> help, help them build a new arena. Like, help them build the, a parking lot at least. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Get some pillars for these guys or something. Get them started. <laughs> Get them a dressing room inside the building. <laughs> All right, so then we're also wrestling fans here, you and I both, and uh, weird leak of the jerseys at the eight. Like, no announcement, no nothing, just the preamble for the AEW pay-per-view has uh, Renee Paquette and RJ City. RJ City, Renee Paquette doing the pre-show, and they're wearing the outdoor jerseys we can all guess because they're wearing a vegas and a seattle and they are the most boring generic ai like there's been ai made jerseys that look better but these look scream we didn't have a great big budget and we we got them from fiverr for the cheapest possible deal now this is hilarious because my take is the complete opposite i actually really like both of the jerseys um, because you know you've got to go back way back to the the storied history of these franchises right to to really look at these historic what are you talking these two teams have been around for more than well they've been around what six years at the most for vegas and then you gotta like, you gotta go back in time but okay. it's boring like it's it's vegas's jersey is literally a a like a cursive letter v with like flourishes on it like i want to see like play into the fact that either you're in vegas you're a vegas team or medieval like you're the knights play into one of those two things don't just give me a white jersey with a v on it and then the seattle ones like (laughs) buddy Buddy. i I knew going on about the historic was going to get you fired up or the history of the teams is going to get you fired up it's just (laughs) bad like like they're bad. They're, 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 like I, I, the Seattle Kraken one is literally just their jersey with three color stripes and then Kraken written in the S. Like, like does nobody like you guys get paid handsomely to be in their PR department and their creative department? Figure it out. Like this is not like I am zero percent interested. Like the only thing that interests me about these jerseys is how they were leaked. Like the, that they were leaked on an AEW pre-show that the teams never said anything about it. They were leaked that way. Like that is the best thing about this is the fact that they were leaked via AEW. And not to mention, you know, I don't know what the crossover is. Obviously there's crossover for us because we're both hockey and big wrestling fans. Um, but, you know, like what's the audience crossover like on AEW or like what's <laughs> so there's probably people who are just genuinely confused too by that my wondering is did they do this to say okay we're gonna get the hardcore fans that notice and recognize it and we can get a gauge of how that this goes over 
So we don't have to make a full statement saying these are the jerseys. They can be like, oh, those are prototypes we sent out. Like they weren't meant to be like, and then they're going to go, oh, our jerseys suck. Awful. They're brutal. And we need to change them now because that was like a soft launch. I like your where your mind went with the uh, the marketing tactic of doing that because that's funny. Like I'm a you know marketer for a living. I didn't even cross my mind. So that's really interesting that your mind went there. And that's definitely something that companies like that definitely do um, is put out feelers and testers and then um, then bring it back to the workshop if they need to. Kind of like uh, the first Sonic the Hedgehog they released. Do you remember that? <laughs> oh, it was bad. And then they also okay. So I'm looking it up. They also paid. Two Utah that paid. I don't think they got paid. They gave jerseys to two Utah Jazz players to wear before their game this weekend as well. Two Seattle jerseys. Like the teams have not said anything or announced anything. It's just AEW and two Utah Jazz players that have been seen wearing these jerseys. So everybody not hockey related, just dropping hockey jersey news. Pretty much. Perfect. Pretty much how it went. Excellent plan. Great job. Love it. Love to see it. Fix it. Like, for the love of God, just fix it. <laughs> um, Patrick Laine, I mean, you got to feel for him. He, he started the year getting just absolutely trucked and gets a concussion, misses some time, comes back. He's playing center this year, which he hasn't done in forever. He's normally a winger. Uh, struggling mightily since coming back from his concussion and he gets health bombed. Like he just gets sent yeah. like, like you're, you're playing in Columbus. First of all, you have to understand that you're not going to win every game. You're not going to win most games. Sorry, Columbus fans. I understand that your city is awesome. And like you, you love hockey and your city is an underrated hockey city. Your team stinks. Like this comes down to, you might be the, I mean, you're in a league where San Jose is in the league, and I think San Jose could give you a run for their money if you play them head-on. Your top stars that are making the money aren't performing like top stars. You got Goudreau, who played 24 minutes last night and had, like, I don't know, like a point. Like, you you can't get by when your top stars aren't playing like top stars and you're relying on guys that came out of give one hockey last year like all their you're you're banking on young players playing amazingly and carrying this team i'm sorry but arizona surrounds their young players with like veteran players that are competent and can succeed you have to have a mix you have to have a good mix to win the cup you have to have a good mix to be in the hunt and you have to have a good mix to make the playoffs <laughs> you know what i mean like so there's got to be a mix of young and old, in my opinion. Um, people have been there and done that, and Columbus just misses it. Like, I'd love to see Line 8 get traded somewhere. Um, you know, I don't know what he's worth anymore. What is, he's definitely not going to get returned what he got in the first place. But, you know, I'd like to see him go somewhere and, uh, and get back to winger, um, maybe a team with a couple of playmakers, because that could set him up, because I think he's still got the shot that's gonna, that could net 40 to 50 a year on the right team. I think I think you got to also look at like Goudreau as being moved as well. Like it wasn't that long to last not this past summer, the summer before Goudreau signed the big ticket with Columbus. Like there was other teams that were in on the mix. Like can you imagine he'd fit right in with New Jersey. He'd I mean, as much as you'd hate to see it, he'd fit right in with Philly. The two teams that were the two other contenders he was going to go to. You got to think that Philly's interested in Goudreau if he's available. Like, 
I, uh, uh, I do dog. I know you just mentioned the Devils. I do dog on the Devils a lot, but hockey is not as fun when the Rangers and the Devils aren't competing. Um, like hockey is more fun to me when the Devils have a good team. And I usually, I, I don't, I haven't had to talk any smack against them in the last, you know, maybe the last couple of years, they started to come back a little bit, but uh, <laughs> they, uh, they got a good team. So finally I can, uh, I can say my piece and get my, my chirps back in. <laughs> So I think if you're Columbus, I mean, in the offseason, you're hoping that like, all right, we dealt with the Mike Babcock situation. Like, let's hope no other media, like, <laughs> let's hope nothing else happens that keeps us in the media. I know we're going to health bomb uh, Patrick Line. We're going to bench Line A and Goudreau multiple times so far to start the season. Like, I mean, if you're Yarmo Kekalainen, one, you got to be worried about your job. Second, you got to be thinking like, what do I got to do to just have something go right? Cause like, it seems like everything that can go wrong has gone wrong for Columbus. I mean, you need a goalie. You, you need, you need a lot. And it's not something that's going to be fixed anytime soon. So I don't know what the first move, I think you've got to cut your losses and trade for trade line a and Goudreau for what you can get for them. Let the young kids play and flourish. And, and I mean, yeah, I think you got to just cut your losses this year. Say this year isn't going to work for us. And we got to start like a, another fresh rebuild. Yeah. Well, unfortunately for them too, I think you're going to see um, like, they're going to have to retain on both of those salaries in order to move them oh, yeah. because there's no one else in the league that's looking to acquire such a large contract. So no contenders are, are trying to acquire a large contract like that. Well, contenders would be, but they're they're also contenders because they're strapped to the cap and you need to make yeah. it enticing for them. So, like, if I go to Columbus, how long does Goudreau and Line both – Goudreau has six years left. Line has got three. Goudreau's is 9.75. And uh, Line A's is 8.7. So you retain even if you retain half, contenders can't take that. No, I mean you could probably make it work with Line, a fifty percent retain retention, but Goodrow absolutely not. Probably not for a contender unless someone was going on LTIR. They needed to replace a big superstar last minute. I can't see it. And then you look at their back end. They loaded up this offseason. They've got Damon Severson, Ivan Provorov, Eric Goodbranson, like. It's yeah. just, it's not looking good. And I'm sorry to say it, Columbus fans, you're in for a lot of hurt for a long time. And um, I mean, ultimately, I hope that Goudreau and Line A find their game. I hope that they they work out with Columbus, but it's not looking good right now. I've got a game for you, Jeremy. We are going to do a cap game. Ooh, I'm accepted. So I'm going to ask you for the top 10 contracts in the NHL currently. Okay. I need the top 10. And, you need and the top 10. Yeah, you get three strikes, you, you, you're out. Okay. So I want – and then I will preface that some of these guys do have contracts in the NHL but do not play. Oh, Lord. Okay. Good to know. And I don't have to get them in order. If I get no, I'll give you. I'll give you where they. Yeah, I want. I want the top ten, and we'll knock them out here. 
Okay. Are we going like total cap or annual cap? Annual cap hit. Okay. Uh, McDavid. McDavid, number two. Number two. Okay. 12.5. Austin Matthews. Matthews, number four. 11.64. Um, Artemi Panarin. Panarin, 11.642. He just wanted to have that $2,000 over Austin <laughs> Matthews, number three. Um, who else has got big contracts? Uh, I think Drysaddle's still at 9.5 or something, so I think it's still a sweetheart deal. Um, I'm trying to think of some other guys here that would have big, massive contracts. Uh, Eric Carlson. Eric Carlson, number five. Okay. You got two through five so far. Two through five. Uh, Kucherov. Kucherov, not in the top ten. Strike one. First strike. Okay. So that brings me back to somebody who probably might be in the top ten then because I haven't spoken about a goalie yet. So I'm wondering if Vasilevsky's in there. Vasilevsky not in the top 10. Yeah, this is why Tampa won so many cups. Because, um, <laughs> yeah, there's, if, if Cooch and Vasilevsky aren't in there, then there's nobody in the top 10. Massive contracts. Come on. You got, I'll give you a hint. Think blue. Think blue. Think blue. There's nobody on the Rangers who makes more than Panarin. What other blue? Oh, you're pointing your hat. <laughs> I forgot about this guy. Yeah, you guys are in deep trouble. I, this I should have just these off. To uh, Mitch Marner. Mitch Marner, number nine, ten point nine million. Excellent. Uh, does, J, does JT make it on there too? JT number seven with eleven million dollars. Oh my word. <laughs> um wow. It's okay. So what do I got total here? You've got McDavid, Panarin, Matthews, Carlson, Tavares, Marner. Okay. Hmm. Anybody in the West Coast make any money other than McDavid? Yep. Signed a big ticket a couple years ago. Went from the best deal in the league to the highest paid deal in the league. Nathan McKinnon. Nathan McKinnon, number one, $12.6 million a year. Fair play. Did he sign that right after they won? Or did he sign yeah. it before they won? Uh, I think he signed that right before they won. Right after? Maybe right after. I'll check it while okay. you rack your brain on the final three. Final three. Okay. Yeah, and you got no strikes left. I don't have any strikes left. You oh, have two, so it, entirely. So uh, you haven't guessed the guy that's not currently playing in the league, but is signed. Not currently playing in the league, but is signed to a big contract. Yeah. Who could that be? The last thing I'm going to give you one is yeah. a West Coaster, two are East Coasters, and they're West all different Coaster. positions. And they're all different positions. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, it isn't though. Because I'm just gonna guess. You know what? I got to go back to one. Uh, what's Headman making? Eh, wrong. Headman doesn't crack it. You're gonna hate yourself for this. The number six is David Pasternak. Oh, I should have knew that. At eleven point two, number eight 
Is Drew Doughty with eleven million? Yeah, and your guy not playing in the league, Carey Price at ten point five. I was wondering. I knew there was there had to have been a goalie. Hey, <laughs> wow. you did. You got you got seven out of ten. Yeah, but I did, I should have got ten. I gave you lots of hints. Like I can't believe you didn't think of like the leaf connection right off the start. Like, I, and I always harp on like I literally like probably on a weekly basis mention to at least five friends how screwed the Leafs are when it comes to cap. So it's only it's only going to get worse when Nylander gets re-signed because there's no way you're trading him. Like you'd have to uh, you'd have to rework the whole team at this point because he is the Leafs. He's the, he's embodied it. He's the whole team. But that's it. That's all I got this week. Do you have anything else, Jeremy? No, just cheers to everybody who's been listening and, and thanks for tuning in. I appreciate it. We both appreciate it a lot. And thanks for checking out our TikToks. Thanks for checking out our TikToks. Follow us on all our social media, Breakaway Podcast, Breakaway Banner Podcast. And uh, leave us a like, subscribe to our podcast, leave a review if you enjoy it. And uh, keep listening. Tell your friends. That's all we got this week. From Josh and Jeremy, thanks for listening to Breakaway Banner. We'll see you next week.